0: Welcome back to DQP Does the Drafty Quarters Podcast Network movie review show where we don't smoke crack. With me is my co-host, Russell. Anymore? Nope. Oh. Never? Yeah. Okay. We also have Dave. Why is there iguanas here? There are no iguanas. You sure? Yeah. There's clearly an iguana. Okay, where I don't smoke crack. <laughs> Hi, it's Dave. There's no iguanas here. Mm-hmm. I, I believe you now. You uh, love that one. That's a
1: bearded dragon.
0: Oh. I think one of those was a. Yeah, of
1: it dragon. was. Okay, that's the first thing I noticed.
0: <laughs> I was gonna wait, but <laughs> okay. Um, we are continuing our wonderful journey through Nick Cage movies this week with. Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. You were supposed to say what in between of the, each of those. I'll do it again. Bad Lieutenant. What? Port of Call. What? New Orleans. What? Use that take.
2: I'll do it again. I want to do it too.
0: Bad Lieutenant. What? Port of Call. What?
2: New Orleans.
0: What? You heard that right. No, I'm sorry. Like, what? Bad Lieutenant. <laughs> No, okay. Bad Lieutenant, port of call, New Orleans. <laughs> what? Fuck you. Um, <laughs> Stone Cold's here. So this is actually a sequel to a older movie with Harvey Keitel, but Nick Cage is playing uh, Terrence McDonough, um, who's a drug and gambling addicted now lieutenant in the New Orleans Police Department. And he is trying to solve, sort of, while also trying to get drugs and get laid and win money on betting on football games. Uh, He's trying to solve um, (laughs) a uh, quintuple murder of a Senegalese, I believe That's Yes. It does say that. Uh, A Senegalese family... um, in New Orleans, uh, like kind of like basically like six months after Katrina, um, which like the houses still have the FEMA spray paint on them and shit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like, uh, he basically like he, it starts with right after Katrina, he goes, him and Val Kilmer's character, Because Val Kilmer is also in this. Um, Go to a prison or a jail. Like a... I don't know what it is. Jail. Maybe it's just a holding cell in a police department. I'm not sure. Um, To retrieve something for someone else that they left in their locker. And... They find out that there's somebody still there, locked up, when they were supposed to have been evacuated. And they're, like, taking bets on when he's gonna drown, while the guy's, like, begging for help. Yeah. And finally, like, Terrence gives in and, like, jumps into the water, but the water is only up to this guy's chest. So he jumps from, like, 15 feet into, like, three and a half, four foot deep water. Yeah. And fucks his back up. But he saves the guy from drowning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so basically, like, and you don't see him do drugs before that, but he's definitely doing them after that. And oh, I don't, yeah. So I don't know if that's how he got addicted to drugs. But he's like, in six months, he is way off the deep end, snorting yeah. anything
2: that'll go up his nose. Yeah. Um, I need some cocaine. I I snorted what I thought was cocaine, but it was heroin. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, he needs
0: to come back up. <laughs> yeah. Uh this movie is fucking wild. Yeah. Uh I think I'm just gonna do some highlights because this is like an extremely wild movie. There's yeah. a lot to it. Uh one of them is what Russell just said. Uh the I need I need some coke because uh I just snorted some heroin. Um which that actually comes after another one that I wanted to highlight, which is like the part that I texted you guys while we were watching it and I was like I don't know if I'm comfortable with the level of uh <laughs> depravity and corruption in this movie. There's some parts of this movie that's like kind of hard to watch like yeah, he shakes down these this couple coming out of a club um for drugs and finds out that he finds a couple packets of something in the in the guy's pants. And the girl dumps out her uh, her handbag, and she has crack. She has a crack pipe, and he tells her to find the crack. So she finds the crack, and she's like, you want to hit this? Because she's getting strong, like, I'm getting shaken down, and maybe I can do something to get out of this. <laughs> Vibes from him. Which, she's right. Uh, yep. And he's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So they uh, they smoke the crack together, and the boyfriend's just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, uh, and they start making out, and then he somehow I don't know he he fucks her in a very odd way, because uh, I thought she was like giving him a handjob. Nope, but like I, he his dick is shaped like a. Boomerang or something. Maybe. I don't know. It's really long. Maybe he's just hot dog in it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it works. <laughs> hot dog in the knuckles. Yeah. Um. All right. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was like confused and like weirded out. Dude, i was very weirded out by that in that scene the boyfriend like tries to run away and he like pulls his gun out and shoots it in there he's like no you have to watch
2: (laughs) yeah it's super fucked Yeah. yeah
0: so he leaves after whatever he finishes uh and uh, he snorts some of what the boyfriend had, and it was heroin, not coke. So then he goes to his uh, prostitute girlfriend's house. Eva Mendes. Yeah, who's played by Eva Mendes. Um, Frankie. And uh, he's like, hey, I need that coke back. And she's like, well, okay. He's like, I just snorted some heroin. I need some coke. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay. Well, I'm not, I'm not alone. So then the guy that is with her, because she's a prostitute comes out and Terrence shakes him down <laughs> <laughs> and he has some coke on him so, everybody's got coke yeah tomorrow. so then he's like hell yeah get the fuck out give me your coke <laughs> Uh, he's more like I'm a cop and I'm gonna take her in if you don't want to go in you better give me them drugs Uh, only like fucked up because he just snorted he's like I'm a cop, and you need to give me those drugs, cause I'm gonna take her in. And yeah, and uh, if you don't give them to me, you're gonna go to jail too. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so he gives them to him, and then he leaves. And he's like, "Yeah, I scored even more coke. Awesome." Uh, so that was a highlight. Um. All of the like betting on the on the football games. Because he's like he's already into his bookie who's oh god, what's that guy's name? Uh um Brad Dorf. Yeah, that's right. Brad yeah. Dorf. Huh? Brad Dorf. Dorf? Yeah, Dorf. There's a a couple more letters in there. I don't know. I Is that was, how they say it? I think
1: so. Okay. It's Chucky.
0: Yeah, that's the guy that was the guy that sec, like put his soul into the Chucky doll. Yeah. Yeah. Um He's in tons of shit. Uh he was in Alien Alien Cubed. He wasn't Alien Cubed. Yeah. He wasn't Chucky there either. No. Anyway, uh So um He's his bookie, and he's like already into him for a grand. And he's like, "Hey, I got. I'm gonna bet this other grand on something else." And he loses that one. And he's like, "You owe me two grand." And he's like, oh, no, it's fine. I'll put three grand on this." And he's like, "You owe me two grand." And he's like, "No, no, it'll be fine. It's fine. It's fine." So then he loses the three grand on a grand on another game, and he's like, he comes to the police station to shake him down for money. Yep. He's like, you can't do that in front, in here. <laughs> He's like, oh, uh, rent. Rent dispute. <laughs> yeah, it's a rent dispute. <laughs> so then, at some point, he shakes somebody else down. Terrence shakes somebody down for money. And gives him that money. And he takes the bet wrong or something? He, like, gives him the 5000 he owes him and gives him another 5000 I don't I don't think that bet worked the way that it's supposed to work because he said it was on Louisiana and Louisiana was like, or, or I'm not understanding the sp- way they were saying the spreads or something. But he takes that bet and he ends up like thinking that he's going to lose that bet, but he ends up winning and like
2: a bunch of shit happens. So when he's talking to Ronaldo, he's talking about betting on Ronaldo specifically. But then when he goes to the bookie, he just he, bets on the game. He just bets on the game. Yeah. So I think I think there it was either like uh they either fucked up in the script or it was supposed to be like he's so fucked up he, he just didn't doesn't know, know what, what he's he doing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I I don't know which one it is, but there's like there's a different like he's talking about two different bets because with yeah. Ronaldo he's talking about a bet on him specifically. Yeah, that with the bookie, he just ends up betting on Louisiana. Yeah, and then uh, Louisiana yeah. wins because Ronaldo benches himself, right? Instead of throwing game, he yeah. won't throw their game, and then the the bench player goes the fuck off, right? Yeah, and they end up winning, but they ended up
0: they it, when he watches the game before he like passes out, he's they're like winning by like twenty four or some shit, and then by the time the game ends, they're only winning by three, and it like lands right in the spread. Which is, like, I, I didn't think mattered if you bet on the team that won, but whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Unless you're betting the spread. Yeah. But he didn't say that, so I don't know. When, maybe they don't understand spreads, and I'm just confusing myself. Yeah, that could also <laughs> be, too. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that's not the most important part <laughs> of this movie. I'm nope. getting stuck on weird shit. Uh he like he's investigating this and he finds some shit out, but like everything he finds out, he finds out like in terrible ways that he's not supposed to be doing like no actual police work, just like threatening people <laughs> and shit. Uh, there's like a, a little old lady. There's a kid. He thinks there's a kid that saw what happened uh, and he finds the kid's grandma who works at a nursing home and she's helping this little old white lady out and she keeps like the the little old lady keeps like butting into the conversation yeah. both times they're there uh so he finds the kid and then he loses the kid because he's stupid incompetent, incompetent. and fucked up. yeah incompetent and fucked up on a bunch of drugs uh the kid ends up like going back to his grandma's and the little old lady puts him on a plane to England to live with her relatives to yeah. get him out of the situation, so then he goes back and he's pissed off and he like threatens the little old lady before the grandma tells him that he he's the the kid's gone uh he like pinches off her oxygen. <laughs> yeah and he's like fucked. yeah and like they tell him what happened so then he gives it back but then he's like you know i should just kill you right here and he talks about how like old people are are like what's wrong with the country <laughs> and shit and i'm just like whoa dude what is going yeah. on uh they like stake out the guys that they think did it and neither of them neither of the guys will talk Neither of the guys that are, like, the lackeys of Big Fate, who is played by
2: Exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, that is Exhibit. Yeah, it's Exhibit.
0: <laughs> or uh, or did you
2: like cocaine? So we put some cocaine in your cocaine. Yeah. Cocaine yeah. In your cocaine. Yeah. extra uh, the Z
0: Exhibit. He's actually credited as Alvin Exhibit Joiner. <laughs> okay. So they used, like, his real name and his stage name. Um But, uh... Oh, my God, there's, like, so much random shit that happens. He goes after him at first, and, like, it doesn't stick. The kid, like, leaves, so then they don't have any actual evidence, so everybody gets freed, right? So then he, like, goes to talk to Exhibit, and instead of, like, trying to shake him down or, like, get him to say something or, like, just shooting him or something, like, you kind of expect to happen, because, like, at this point, he's completely unhinged, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's like proposes to work with him as a, as a, like an informant from within the PD. Right. Yeah. So that is as like a money making venture. So they do this a couple times and he goes to get paid for the first time and it's like exhibits going to shoot him. And then he's like, no, no. He like goes, he sees the shotgun. So he goes behind the desk. Yeah. And cause he has like the classic like double barrel shotgun attached on a swivel underneath his desk. Yeah. <laughs> so I want one of those. <laughs> yep. Uh, you forget it's there, kick your foot up and it just like blows one of the chairs <laughs> away. It's like, Oh fuck. I'm okay. <laughs> uh, so he like smokes some crack with them. That's when he's like peak lost his goddamn he mind. Lost his fucking shit. He looks so fucking rough in that yeah. scene. And yeah. then there's the, some guys show up, which I haven't explained these guys yet. Earlier, when he loses the kid, he shows up in Biloxi, where Frankie has gone for a client, and she's beat up. So he goes into the room and, like, harasses the client, who's, oh, dude, like, that character was so what the fuck whoa 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 Whoa! whoa, whoa, whoa. 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 uh oh. oh yeah whoa oh yeah baby oh, yeah <laughs> uh fuck that character but he's like I i'm, I'm super connected like blah 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 my my dad is so and so and he knows this guy Basically, his dad is a contractor that has a bunch of contracts. His with property developer. Property developer. Post-Katrina. Post-Katrina. So, like, loaded. Yeah. And he's friends with some other kind of mafia person. So, the mafia shows up later and threatens him. Threatens Terrence and Frankie, and his dad's dog, which I haven't talked about his dad yet. Jesus Christ! This movie is labyrinthine.
1: (laughs) Yep, and like
0: ridiculous (laughs) the whole time. Uh, so he threatens Frankie and Terrence and the dog without a name, and uh, they they don't know its name. Dog. Yeah, it's the dog without a name. It's Clint Eastwood. Uh, I, I I get it. Um, Clint Dogwood. That's there not we go. Good. Uh. Anyway, uh, he's basically like, you got to give me fifty thousand dollars for the juice on the ten thousand dollars you took from whoever. And he's like, he was beating her up. She did her job, and he wouldn't give her the money. He's like, Nah, fuck you. Fifty thousand and my my fucking goombas get to to fuck your lady friend. I was just like, what the fuck? Who wrote <laughs> this? Werner Herzog. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so those guys don't get paid and don't get laid. Uh, they show up at exhibits while they're smoking crack <laughs> and are basically like, "Give me everything." And I'll go away. So then Exhibit's like, fuck you. This was, I had nothing to do with yeah, that. Yeah, not me? Yeah. You're gonna take my shit? And then, like, that guy, the, the mob guy, actually gave, like, a really good performance on this part, and it's, like, one of my favorite parts of the movie, where he's like, when I was younger, I would have just taken what was mine, but I've learned, as I've grown older... And you know, I, I I haven't become rich. I can't retire. I gotta keep doing this shit the rest of my life. I've learned to take everything that's on the table. And I was like, that's fucking cool. Like that's a that's a cool mob thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, or gangster thing. Yeah. And then he gets blown in half with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Shoot him again. Shoot him again, his soul is dancing. What the fuck? Uh but Terrence gets him to smoke out of a crack pipe that he stole from the girl that he fucked when they shook down the the couple at the club. Is lucky crack pipe. Lucky crack pipe. So he gets exhibit to smoke out of that crack pipe and then he plants it at the scene of the quintuple murder and then he tells one of the people at the office, "Hey, you might want to go back there and, you know, they I just occurred to me that they smoke they all smoke crack probably and maybe they dropped something that maybe had some DNA, you should go back.
1: I love when he goes back, because he's clearly fucked
0: up, and the yeah. dude doesn't even, like, doesn't even pick up on it. <laughs> no one does, though. Well, yeah. I mean, they do. I think, but like, m- almost all of them know. Yeah, they but just, no one says anything. No one says yeah. anything. But we'll
2: we'll get to that.
0: Yeah. Uh, so then the next day, I think it's the next day, I don't know, he shows up, and he's just sitting there, and his fucking bookie shows up and gives them an envelope with like 10 grand and it. it's like oh my god you were right you made all this money F- fucking good job buddy oh and uh uh Aruzabalk took care for balk took care of the the speeding tickets aruza balk baby oh man. man uh you should watch this movie for that scene um but uh took care of my daughter's ticket and all that's taken care of and he's like oh okay cool and, uh, then he leaves and then, uh, is that after the other guy is there? Cause it all happens the same time, right? Yeah. Basically it's the like other guy was there the first other. and then he leaves and then his bookie shows up. So the other yeah. guy that he met in Biloxi. So like after those other dudes got killed, that dude shows up at the police department and is like, Hey man, everything's cool between us. Like whatever happened, like. Don't worry about it. We're'm we're, like, we're cool, right? We're cool, right? And like <laughs> oh they, yeah, they, they, they take the complaint away from him so he's gonna get reinstated. And so that like two things good happened to him. and then his captain comes over and he's like, oh man, look at this. We found this crack pipe and it's got exhibit's DNA on it. <laughs> we're gonna go fucking get that guy he's like, oh, my God, everything's turning up roses. And, like, I expected a, the other shoe to drop, and it never does. It never does. Yeah. Like, I expected him to, like, die of an overdose that afternoon or something. But, yeah. no, he, like, goes in arrests exhibit, and exhibit's like, what the fuck, bro? Like, all the other cops, except for Val Kilmer, like, go into the rest of the house to make sure there's nobody else and, like, start getting evidence and shit. So, it's just... Nick Cage and Val Kilmer in exhibit and like exhibits, like, bro, Terrence, or like, Terrence, like, what the fuck? I thought we had a deal. And Val Kilmer knows everything. (laughs) Like, he's just like, he just hung out with you because he likes getting high. And then he tries to set it up for them to kill him. Yep. He pulls an extra pistol out and he's just like <laughs> Sets it on the desk behind exhibit And he's like okay this is what we do We tell him that he went for the pistol And we had to shoot him And then we take and, everything And then we take everything Take all the drugs and the money And Nick's like Terrence is like No put the cuffs on him Put the cuffs on him Steve and He's like no man We can kill him we can get all this money And we get all this drugs And and exhibits just like, don't do that. Yeah. Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, you got to take all my shit? You ain't you ain't <laughs> got to kill me to take all my shit. So he eventually convinces Steve to put the cuffs on him. He takes the other pistol away and puts it in his pants. And I was just like, holy shit! Val Kilmer was worse all along. <laughs> <laughs> so then he gets promoted to captain in the end. Frankie gets clean. She has a baby. Apparently, the stepmom got clean. Dad's clean. They're all drinking sparkling water yep. at the ceremony of him getting captained. How sweet!
2: Such yeah. a great ending. I was like, yeah.
0: "What the fuck?"
2: But it's not over.
0: You think he's <laughs> like better now? Yeah, but then then he like is just in a fucking hotel doing drugs again. And the dude that he saved from the beginning of the movie is like a
2: bellhopper, like a, yeah, like a room service, room guy, service at a guy
0: at the hotel that he's at, Yeah, like staring at a pile of Coke. Yeah. And, uh, he's like, oh man, dude, you're the guy that saved me. And he's like, talks to him about like, he went to drug rehab and like how it saved his life and he's a year sober and shit. And uh He's like man I get off in like an hour I'm gonna take you out of here And then he says the dumbest shit He's like do you think Fish dream or something like that Yeah And then they end up at an aquarium And it just like zooms in on them Sitting looking around in an aquarium And the last thing you hear is Just one Ha from <laughs> Nick Cage And that's the end of the movie <laughs> What the fuck, dude? This movie is fucking wild. And, like, sometimes not a good way. Yeah, it's
1: uncomfortable in spots. They do a good job of being uncomfortable.
0: I don't even mean, like, just being uncomfortable. Sometimes it's just, like, not good. And I'm just like, what is going on? What is the point of this? What do. That's what I want to discuss. Because I love this movie. I also love this movie. I do not love this movie. I don't hate it. Yeah. It's just like, it. there's there's a couple things that I think if they had just left that out, it would have been better. Yeah. Um, Because it's like,
2: or done it differently. I think the cinematography isn't very good in the- general. The cinematography is strange, definitely at parts at some parts more than others. Well I
1: thought that kind of helped it,
2: because like there
1: is those weird parts where it shows like the iguanas and stuff like that. yeah, those parts are awful. I kind of dug it because it's like this is Nick Cage losing his fucking mind. he's all fucked up, and
0: yeah, but I'm trying I to illustrate that I kind of I, I didn't I think it. that stuff was necessary. I mean, probably not. But. I didn't think I didn't think it was necessary, and if it had been completely cut, I would have liked the movie more. If they had to keep it, I think the cinematography f- in general for the whole sh- whole movie needed to be better. But for those parts, it was like trash, and I hated it. Right on. So, like those parts
2: needed to not be shot that way. Yeah, they could. I think I like that they're in there, but I wish they would have been shot slightly different but i f- i feel like we're we're still not going to be on the same page with that either because i wanted i want them to be uh not necessarily more outlandish but more uh trippy yeah i mean and there should have been one more i there's think there's really that's only fine. two
0: well there's three is there three there's three but the other one is just shot normal
2: because it's the soul dancing yeah, there's the soul dancing and he
0: sees the iguanas, the iguanas. and then there's the, the alligator on the road when he sees the axe oh, goes to yeah. the accident. The
2: alligator one was weird because I didn't feel like that was from his perspective. It wasn't, but it that was one is shot weird. the same way as the iguanas. Yeah, that that one made me think that I was uh, I was this is uh I've seen this movie a few times. Um but that one made me think that the even this time I, I didn't really remember what happened, but I was thinking the alligator was about to go, like, get a hold of somebody. Is what... Yeah, that's what
0: it feels like. And then it just walks away, and you're just like, what the fuck is going on?
2: Yeah, so I don't really know what the point of that one was.
0: Yeah. That one... That one and the iguana one are shot terribly. The whole
2: movie, I didn't think, was shot that well. But... Um... They should have went with... I feel like they should have went with, like, almost like a... Like, the way Law & Order is shot. Yeah. I feel like that would have, like, added to the movie. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Like, I feel like some of the scenes felt like they were in a TV show. hmm And not in a good way. Um, and some of them felt like there was, like, a lot of shaky cam going on for stuff that didn't need shaky cam. And I'm just like, what the fuck? is going on and then like I said the iguana part and the alligator part were like shot in like this weird grainy like handheld
2: I shit mean, that I yeah. did not
0: care for and didn't fit the rest of the movie it didn't fit but I, I, don't know, I liked it it reminded me of like something David Lynch would do and I'm into that weird shit I didn't get that from it I got I got a little bit like it it made it kind of like uh fear and loathing ish. A little bit. Yeah. But not but it was like too far few and far between to to like portray that, in my opinion. Fair, fair. Cause like whenever he was going crazy, that stuff should have happened. And it didn't. Yeah. It was just like sometimes. Like something weird should have happened when he shook those two kids down. Like Yeah. I mean weirder than him like hot dog in her bun like <laughs> like there should have been a clown dancing or some shit you know right, like yeah. something well, I mean, fucking I weird yeah yeah or like a fucking uh new orleans funeral going by in the middle of the night you know whatever right but like something else should have happened there like that kind of thing like make it so that it makes sense more so- in, in yeah, the I mean, movie i i get it but uh I mean, that was my biggest problem with it. I think the acting was pretty good. um, Nick Cage has a problem keeping an accent, I think uh, yeah, because like he had like this weird accent in parts, yeah, and sometimes didn't.
2: he didn't, yeah, but like weird. some
0: of the other shit was excellent, like he if you've ever had severe back pain, mm-hmm. you know exactly what was going on every time he made any kind of movement, yeah, like yeah. it. That's how yeah. you walk when you fuck your back up. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, and the way he walked one shoulder up the entire like movie. Yeah. Or like the way he would like crouch down, like kind of like carefully bend just his legs and not his back and like lean sideways because he can't bend straight over. Like right. I've done that a million times if I've hurt my back. Like that was all really good. And like the way that he acted when he was high, like that was all really good. Dude, that scene where he's like just absolutely
1: fucking gone Yeah, like he just he looks sweaty he looks awful yeah like in this there's several scenes in this movie where I'm like oh my god Nicolas Cage Did he looks actually like dude really? yeah. like jesus
0: um that stuff was all great yeah uh, i think the acting in the movie was pretty fantastic um other than the accent thing but that's like we've we've seen that lots in his career so um the story was interesting but like i mean it was so all over the place like it was very much it felt like it was supposed to be like this a slice of the of life in like possibly the most crazy time in a person's life yeah um just because of like everywhere it went and i feel like it tied it together fairly well yeah yeah um but i don't think it was perfect uh um, no but like i don't know i i really disliked the the hallucination shit because of how it was shot and uh like it not being consistent i mean i think that's my biggest complaint about the movie that and yeah. it was just like fucking heinous
1: <laughs> yeah, like there's so, I'm like, Jesus. Like when uh Nicholas Cage is corrupt in snake eyes, that's like a fun corruption. He's like a fun corrupt cop, you know? <laughs> yeah, like this shakes down like...
0: the drug dealer. He like has he's like cheating on his wife with like two hookers and like that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah,
2: that's like playful compared to this fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah, this movie's rough. Yeah. It, I mean, there are definitely like parts of it is kinda hard to watch. Um, which I think I said that last week, but I don't remember, um, the, I, by so I want to, I want to start personally, I want to start with the, uh, bookends of the movie. So that's actually typically something I would not love mm. and maybe not hate depending on how it's done. But like, for some reason, I feel like it hits perfect in this movie, like the execution of uh, like introduce it, like she starts off with him saving the guy in the water and then, you know, he has to deal. It feels like even if it's not true, but they don't let us know. So the way the movie feels, it feels like that's he he saves this dude's life that has drug problems was, you know, in in jail or prison or whatever for drugs. And like fucks up his back, and then becomes addicted to drugs, so it shows that like uh you know prescription addiction can lead to further addictions and yeah. just needing your fix and so I like that, and then so we deal with the fallout of him kind of being nuts, but also he's still like being effective and yeah. like gets everything done that he needs to get done, and yeah, yeah while it might be kind of you know, against somebody's scruples to plant evidence at a scene, but he had, the guy admitted to him directly that he had done it. Yeah. And so, you know, so he has the information on hand that, you know, he has the right guy. So like framing him the way he does doesn't really make me think he's a bad guy because if that's the only way he was going to get him. Sure. Then, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that was the part that's like especially (laughs) heinous no no no, it's not it's just it's fucked up yeah the part I don't like about the movie is not knowing whether or not he was a halfway decent cop before Before. the movie starts yeah cause like he's obviously a shithead because he starts off like we're not gonna save that guy
0: we're gonna fucking bet on this stuff and I'm gonna keep these pictures of so and so's wife that he kept in his locker and stuff like that but like uh, I don't know like yeah, you don't so, know if he's like doing all the drugs, you don't know if he's like right or just an asshole before yeah, he gets or if addicted. he's just an asshole.
2: Yeah. So so it seems like he's probably just an asshole. Uh, but we still don't know like, you know, to what regard that is. So, yeah. you know, with the assumption that you know he's doing these particularly heinous things under the influence of these drugs and not his core morality, uh I think it depicts and shows a very drastic nature of what these types of drugs can do to somebody. And, uh, I think it does good with that. And then I like the guy coming back at the end. Yeah. You know, it is kind of random happenstance that he ended up in this hotel, but like the way he goes to these hotels and as often as he like, you know, does drugs and stuff like it, it, it could be possible. Could it's happen, not yeah. so random that I hate it. Um, so then the the kid showing up and uh, like talking to him about his rehabilitation and stuff, I really like that part too, and then the thing I was uh, that you kind of pointed out, Dave, was that like no one else has said anything really about all his drug use, <clears throat> yeah. like his own dad like wasn't even necessarily trying to get him to go to like rehab right, which is his dad might not have fully put it together. And maybe, but his dad's
1: also like an alcoholic
2: yeah so the addiction runs in the family yeah right you know addictive personality disorder um so that's interesting too that no one really like gives him the time of day or like shows that they care that he's doing all these drugs yeah yeah so he gets asked one time
0: yeah and but his captain he's like are you ready to do this and he's like yeah why wouldn't I be and he's like well I'm just saying If I find out later that you needed help and you didn't ask, you didn't take it when I asked you, I'm going to be mad. And
2: that's it. That's the only time anybody says anything. Yep. Yeah. So the guy he saves comes back and, you know, like takes him to the fucking aquarium. And this guy knows what it's like to be on drugs. So maybe he thought that that's what he needed. Yeah. Like takes him back to the aquarium or takes him to the aquarium and they just kind of sit there. He just like sits with him. I think, I think it does have like a kind of like, sweet ending I guess ish yeah sweet ish because like you don't know if he's gonna get better right I right. don't know if he's gonna go to rehab you don't know you know but you at least finally get to see that someone cares about him even if he is a shit bag like you know yeah and like he does do shitty stuff but you know like I said like you know is that his core personality or is it just a side effect of the drugs yeah and I almost like like I I dislike and like the ambiguity because, like, there is some, like, depth to the movie, and it does allow for, like, a some phil- philosophical thought if you're, you know, critically watching it. And I think that that's, I think that that's interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's a
0: interesting um, way to set the movie up. Yeah. Like, saving this person, and then it causing... All these issues. All these
1: issues that just spiral. in that person saves insanity. him. Possibly
0: yeah. saves him. Yeah, we
1: don't
2: know. We don't, and we probably never will. Yeah. Also, Jennifer Coolidge is in this movie, and she's great. <laughs> she is, and I had to double check whether or not that was her because she, she looks wildly different now. This yeah. movie was thirteen years ago, right? So, she's in White Lotus. Oh, is she? Mm-hmm. She nice. just won a Golden Globe, didn't she? She did. She won a Golden Globe. I'm not talking about it. Fuck you. Try to trick me. <laughs> <laughs> she deserves Got it. Got it. In a race that doesn't matter for things that barely matter, she does deserve to finally win a Golden Globe. Sure. And I like her performance in this. She does. I thought she did really well. Her character's kind of annoying, but... <laughs> also a shitbag. Also a shitbag. Super... Shit. Dude, when he sits down with her to watch the game, I was I like, don't... I thought they were gonna fuck... Don't fuck Same dad's like, uh, girlfriend. I
0: thought that was the first thing I thought. Uh, I'm like, oh, God,
2: don't.
0: He's high, and she's drunk, and they're just, like, sitting in the tiniest chair together, like, <laughs> mm. You might have to watch the game. Yeah. He's, like, nodding off, fucking on heroin... And ugh, yeah, I was like, uh-uh, nope, 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 nope. Okay, thank they God, didn't say anything happened. <laughs> Ooh, thank you. Yeah, this I I enjoyed this movie
1: being the first time watching it. Yeah, but like, there's some parts that's uncomfortable. I think it's meant to be uncomfortable. Cause, yeah, yeah, you know, because A cab. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> there are fucking cops that are like that. There are people in
2: general like that. Yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah, I mean it's not all of them, but Right. A few bad apples spoil the bunch. Yep. Jesus Christ. <laughs> We'll be donating (laughs) $2.50 to the Policeman's Ball this year. (laughs) He might. No, I'm not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. But yeah, I I did enjoy this movie. I could see some of the cinematography being issues, but I kind of saw through it. You know, it didn't bother me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could watch it. It's just like, I, I didn't think it was, I didn't think that was well done. Especially the the hallucinations that were.
2: Yeah, those were a little little yeah. odd. How do we feel about Eva Mendez's performance? That she did good, she was good. pre and post rehab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, both were good. That's really where I think she like shines in this movie. Is like the drastic difference. Change in like the character. yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. see her a lot post rehab. But, like, the drastic change in her character comes through very well. Yeah. In the few few minutes that she has on screen post-rehab. Like yeah. Like, when
1: she's stay with the dad? She's like, I think I'm going go to go to one of his classes with him.
2: Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, get clean, girl. And even then, she's not like, maybe you should get clean, too. She knows all about the drugs.
0: Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's a wild movie. Yeah. Hell. Real wild. Do we want to go down to the corner?
1: I go down to the
2: corner. Corner. You want to go to the corner, Russell? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's do, do
0: it. it. Let's corrupt
1: on down to the corner. Are you going to make me smoke meth? Nope. Good. Crack,
2: babe. though. Nope. <laughs> Damn it, Dave. From your lucky pipe.
1: <laughs> From my lucky crack pipe. Which I, I ain't have. getting Fuck framed. Crack. All right. This is Dave's Trivia Corner. <laughs> Dave's Trivia Corner! Where the point of this corner is for you to say... Ooh. Neat. (laughs) Damn right. (laughs) You guys right some hot, hot trivia? (laughs) According to Werner Herzog, uh, 2,500 cans of decaf coffee had to be used to make the water appear to be river water in the jail scene. Jesus Christ. They first attempted to use paint, but it proved to be toxic. Uh then the production team used regular coffee, but the actor absorbed it through his skin.
0: Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that,
0: that could fucking kill you if, like, yeah. if that much. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh
1: Nicholas Cage claims that he has never he was never under the influence of anything throughout the filming, in contrast to leaving Las Vegas in ninety five, in which he got generally drunk to play an alcoholic.
0: Well, we're glad that he didn't like snort coke and heroin yep. and smoke crack to do this movie. Um That's neat, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Is that neat? <laughs> I'm glad. In a June
1: 2008 interview with The Guardian, uh Abel uh, Ferreira, who directed and co-wrote the original Bad Lieutenant from 92, said that finding out his movie was being remade was a horrible feeling like when you get robbed, and that those involved in this remake should all die in hell. <laughs> Holy <laughs> he shit. Also wondered how Nicolas Cage can even have the nerve to play Harvey Keitel, and called screenwriter William M. Finkelstein an idiot. Uh, Werner Herzog responded that he had never seen the original and had never heard of Ferreira. Whoa. <laughs> in 2018, at a, the Newcastle International Film Festival, Ferreira said that he had finally met Herzog years after the release of the remake and made peace with him, something Herzog had wanted to do since hearing about Ferreira's outrage. Herzog said in the Origins podcast that their meeting ended up lasting three hours, most of which consisted of them laughing together.
0: Aww. Hmm. That's pretty neat. That's wholesome.
1: Uh, during filmmaking... Unlike this
0: movie. What? I said, unlike, unlike this, this
1: movie. movie. <laughs> <laughs> during filmmaking, Nicholas Cage asked the entire set for silence to make a declaration. Once the set had gone silent, Cage pointed to Werner Herzog and proclaimed, Finally, someone who knows what he is doing. This was in reference to Herzog's method of only filming camera setups that he intended to use in the final film, as opposed to shooting extra setups that he might not even use in the final film. Okay. Well, this sounds like something Nicolas Cage would do. Yep. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, The movie was originally set in New York, but Nicolas Cage changed the setting to New Orleans to help them after the hurricane.
2: That's that's sweet. Yeah. And also kind of wholesome. Yeah. Unlike this movie. (laughs) Uh,
1: The dancing soul scene is an obvious homage to Herzog's early classic Strozvik. That sounds about right. From (coughs) 77, which features an iconic scene of a dancing chicken set to the exact uh, same Sonny Terry song, Old Lost John.
2: Okay. Hmm. At least there's a reason for it.
1: Yeah. Uh, a couple more. Nicolas Cage actually snorted baby powder for the cocaine
2: scenes. That Ugh. sounds terrible. I
1: Feel like that would still fuck you up. Yeah. You might not get fucked up, but it's gonna fuck your sinuses up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't he use pixie sticks? Yeah. Mm. Like snort an adult. legal cocaine.
1: Uh, Nicolas Cage and Eva Mendez had previously played love interests in Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider from 2007. Uh, I got two more. Yep. Uh, Both Bad Lieutenant from 92 and this film were released on November 20th in 1992 and uh, 2009 respectively. Huh.
0: That's kind of random.
1: Yeah, it is random. Last one. Let's do it. According to Herzog, Bad Lieutenant was the title of the original draft screenplay Finkelstein had submitted to him. The screenwriter was familiar with the 1992 Abel Farrar version, but it was only after he gave Herzog a solemn oath that this would not be a remake that Herzog agreed to become involved. Uh, Never liking the title Bad Lieutenant and not wanting to confuse the audience, Herzog insisted on renaming the film Port of Call New Orleans. However, producer Richard R. Pressman, who had also produced Ferrer's cult classic, wanted to market the film with the same title. Ultimately, Herzog compromised by agreeing to combine the two titles together. Ah, uh, That's how we got that. That's how we got the long ass title. What was it called again?
0: (sighs) <sighs> Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, New Orleans What? Fuck you Yeah, let me do it <laughs> I didn't. You didn't let him do it Why do you let him do it?
1: No Alright, fine That's all I had for Dave's Trivia Corner Dave's Trivia Corner
2: Ooh, neat Ah, uh, that's all I had Alright, are you guys ready to rate this? Let's rate this, bitch
1: Oh, I'd rate it
0: I'm surprised we're not rating it right now.
1: <laughs> we're not rating it right now. <laughs> uh,
0: fuck. I'm gonna give this a seven. I think it's okay. Um, like I said, the the hallucinations needed either needed to be cut or have more of. Um, they also needed to be done better. Um. I feel like the movie was kind of all over the place. If it was a little more focused, I think it would be better. I think the cinematography needed to be better in general. Um, but the story is interesting. Uh, I kind of like the, just like complete, like ridiculousness of it being like depraved and shit. Um, as far as like making you uncomfortable and stuff. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of that stuff, some of the like cinematography and stuff and the hallucinations really like threw me out of it.
2: So I'm going to give it a seven, Russell. I, I'm going to give it a (laughs) (laughs)
0: 7.75.
2: Okay. Because I don't quite want to give it an eight, but I think it deserves a little more than 7.5 from in my opinion um I like the pacing of the movie a lot even though it doesn't have like a kind of traditional or like systematic pacing to it but with the story being what the story is and how the story evolves and then resolves uh I I think it works. Um, I do kind of like that the movie is all over the place because mm. uh, it just like I think it adds to the the drug infused binge that he's on. Yeah. Um, and just fucking wild because just like where the fuck is he going now? Like what is happening? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so so I enjoy that. I feel like it was pulled off mostly well. Um, there's definitely some areas of improvement. Uh, I mean, you hit most, uh, you hit pretty much most of those that I agree with, uh, cinematography. And I would have liked to have seen the, the him tripping scenes like amplified, um, and also shot maybe a little better, but I don't, I don't know what they were working with. And like, I mean, maybe that was all they could do, but, um, overall, I enjoy the movie. Uh, I think there is a message and I think you have to look for it. Uh, I mean obviously there's like you, this, this could get pretty bad if you do drugs. Uh yeah. but there there's like some deeper messages there and I enjoy the depth to the movie. Um and I, 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 I think it has something to say and I think it had a purpose. Um So yeah, seven point seven five. Oh, I loved the dialogue. The dialogue for the movie was the whole time I was just like, fucking this is fucking. It was either batshit nuts or like uh, logical dialogue, mm. and felt some. Most of it felt like you know some real conversations or like a conversation you would have with someone who's currently drug addled. Yeah. So, um, so I thought, yeah. I mean, overall, let's let that. I liked it. Seven point seven five. Dave,
1: um, I'm gonna give it an eight okay i I really enjoy it, like I said first time watching uh I thought it was a good depiction of someone just fucking losing their mind on drugs, yeah, and it's very dark um I think it's a good depiction of what you know people go through in that situation, sure for the most part um it is hard to watch in spots it's inco- is uncomfortable, but overall. I give it an eight.
2: All right.
0: Well, that's going to do it for this episode of DQB Does, where we talked about Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, New Orleans. Uh, next week, we're doing...
2: Next week, we're doing Mandy. Mandy. A lot a shorter of a time. Legion M produced film. Okay. Um,
0: have you guys seen Mandy before? I have. I've seen the end. Shane, this oh, is, right. Shane's yeah. unfortunately spoiled it for himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so that'll be interesting. Um, you guys can find us on all the social medias by searching Drafty Quarters Productions, uh, our subreddit where we post clips of the shows. Um, please like and subscribe on whatever you're listening to. This on also like you know give us those five star reviews, please. We love you. Um, we do. You can also find us on Patreon. Please subscribe to the $1 tier. We will be putting out uh, Patreon exclusive stuff in the coming months. Um, but yeah, you can find us on there searching Direct Recorders Productions. So thanks for listening. Have a wonderful time. Thanks for coming out. Bye. I'll kill all of you to the break of dawn. To the break of dawn, baby. That part was so fucking random. Yeah. It's like, break <laughs> of dawn? What the fuck? What does that mean? <laughs>
2: this has been a production of the Drafty Quarters Podcast Network.